This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight. Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk about drugs. Not the good kind, not necessarily the bad kind either, but basically not recreational drugs, but basic medication that most diabetics are given when you're newly diagnosed. Uh, Hopefully this is going to be something that you can listen back to later and be able to recognize if you're about to go into your doctor's appointment, um, just a little bit of perspective of what metformin is, how it can affect you, things like that. Um, Again, it's all about preparation. So I just want to make sure that you guys know kind of the things that you're going to be receiving once you go into that appointment. Or if you're already on metformin and you kind of just did the, you know, I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do, take it, but you didn't really research it. Totally okay. Um, But just wanted to kind of share what it is and how it can affect your body, um, how it affected mine, um, things like that. So stay tuned. Let's dive in for that. And as always, I am not a doctor. So if you were curious or want to know more about what's going on with your body or the medications that you're being prescribed, please always, always, always consult your doctor first. Let's get to it. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, a health and wellness podcast where we strive to conquer type 2 diabetes. Hosted by me, Taylor Danielle. When I was first diagnosed, I didn't have a lot of people around my age who lived similar lifestyles to learn from. I want you to know you're not alone and we'll have real, honest, and vulnerable conversations about it all. Here, I share my struggles, tips, and more. Awesome. Welcome back, guys. We are chugging right along through this season. I hope the information has been beneficial for you and, you know, a little entertaining. I'm not here just to give a presentation, if you will, and then have you fall asleep while I'm talking through it. Uh, Hopefully this feels engaging. Um, But I really wanted to share with you guys one of the common and most prescribed things that you receive as a diabetic. Um, And that is metformin, which is also known as glucophage. Um, And I really wanted to share this because it's one of the most common medications used for type 2 diabetes. I have heard of metformin being uh, prescribed for other things, but for the most part, the most common medication for diabetics is metformin. Um, Obviously, for type 1 folks, Um, Metformin could potentially be prescribed with insulin, but usually insulin is kind of first that I'm aware of. Um, If that's not the case, you know, definitely let me know. But I'm speaking from the experience of a type 2 diabetic. Um, So with that being said, essentially metformin, uh, its intent is to help the liver stop producing as much sugar and tells the cells that have become resistant to insulin you know, hey, it's okay. You know, they're they're good. Let them in. Kind of like your designated uh, club promoter who gets you in the back door on the VIP list or something, if you will. Um, that's kind of how I see it. Um, and so I remember when I was first 
prescribed metformin, my doctor told me that this may be the only medication that I'll need for the rest of my life. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there who would love to only have one thing to take. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to seem like I am just scoffing at those who have to take, you know, a whole pharmacy of things or you maybe take a multitude of things, not by choice, obviously. Um, but just for me, I, I wasn't really excited to hear that. Um, you know, on top of that, you know, she, she mentioned that I'm younger than most typical cases. So catching it early could help to be, you know, rid of it for good, or at least, you know, I'm, I can only take metformin and with proper management, you know, I could eventually maybe one day, hopefully all of those terms, um, be able to actually come off medication, which is the goal, right? The goal is definitely to be able to not have to utilize medication to ensure that my body is in uh, good standing health. It's to be able to do that on my own. Um, the body is able to regulate itself in so many ways and I need to help it um, or help me rather by doing the things necessary that uh, assist my body in being in optimal shape. So first thing that she says is it's the only drug that I'll probably have to take with proper management. I'm young, um, so I don't have anything to really worry too much about because it's, it's caught early. And if I do the right things, I'm good to go. Right. Um, but she did have some warnings and, you know, we talked about symptoms of being a diabetic, but there's definitely something you should always look into. And that is side effects from medication. Um, now I'm sure we've all been there where we're sitting there watching TV. If you're still watching TV through cable, or if you are like me and paying for a subscription and taking out the ads can be a tall ass sometimes, but you know, you see these, um, commercials for medication and they list what feels like everything that could go wrong, but the thing that it's supposed to do, right. Right. You know, it'll kill you. Okay. Well that's, that just, you know, sign me up. It's all one and done. Right. Like, you know, or it'll cause this, it'll cause that, it'll cause this, it'll cause that, you know, all these things. And so, I always, always, always like to understand what the side effects are. And thankfully, my dad kind of gave me a heads up to it. But I also did a little bit of my own research as well um, when I was, you know, uh, knowing I was going into this doctor's appointment and what could potentially come from that. Um, so anyways, my doctor warned me that it's common to have some gastrointestinal that's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> reactions. Um, you know, if I can just be very, very plain guys, and it's going to be a little team, I just think prune juice and spicy Mexican food and uh, the aftermath that can come from that. Um, yeah, that's metformin. That, that's something that is very common. Um, I had stomach aches. I was in the bathroom a lot. Some people experience nausea. Um, so it's just not, it's not fun. Um, so, you know, she warns me of this and she says to take it with food to kind of help. Um, but even so, since my body had never experienced metformin, she started me on a very low dosage, which was um, 500 milligram milligrams twice a day with food to start. And 
eventually the goal was to get to a thousand milligrams twice per day, um, you know, taken with food. So it's something that you do kind of work up to. Um, and for a while, I actually didn't leave that 500 milligram mark, um, probably within my first, gosh, six, I'd say like my first year or so. Um, yeah, yeah, my first year I stayed in that 500 mark. No, no, I'd say the first two years, sorry. Um, and, and here's why. So I was prescribed 500 milligrams uh, twice a day. So with breakfast and dinner. And I got guys, when I say I could just not get used to it, partially because I was still in denial of it, you know, because diabetes is a silent killer. You don't know what it's doing to your body if you're not regularly checking. You don't always feel it. Um, and because the things that you do react to or have feelings with, they can feel like a host of other things. You know, it's not just metformin that makes you feel tired or not metformin, sorry. But, you know, when you're a diabetic and you have just a lot of backed up sugar in your system, you feel very sluggish, right? Very lethargic. But how many other things can cause that, right? So it's just one of those things where the symptoms that pop up sometimes are not obvious enough or the, the you know, kind of ripple effect of being a diabetic um, doesn't always feel apparent. So um, I would take my medication, right? And then I would feel like, you know what? I got this. I, I have so much knowledge because I've done every what feels like diet or something necessary. It's fine. Like I, I got this. I can come off my meds a little bit. And it's like a, you know, a test, if you will. Um, let me test to see how well my numbers are off my meds based off of just eating. And I was exercising a little bit, you know, but let me just do that. No, y'all, that, that didn't work out at all. <laughs> so the inconsistency of taking my medication made it seem like for at least for my body that every time that I actually took my medication, my stomach was acting up. So run into the bathroom all the time. And so by the time I'm, I got to my next doctor's appointment, I had to ask for a medical accommodation because at the time, the job that I was at, it was a call center like role. And we were monitored based off of, you know, how much time we were in available air quotes, if you will, meaning just ready to receive calls and how many breaks we took. Um, we had two scheduled breaks, but any out, any breaks outside of that, you know, they were monitoring. And so I was going so often and it was just making my metrics really, really bad. So I had to get a medical accommodation to prove that like, Hey, I'm not up and doing this all the time. And, and it loosened the reins up for me a little bit. Now, that being said, I feel like call centers that track how many times you get up, it's a little tough. Having managed a team um, before in like a call center-like environment, you know, I definitely understand the aspect of making sure people are doing their work. But I don't know about you guys, but if you're really chucking down the amount of water that you should be for your... Um, you know, height and weight and everything else like that. I'm still in the bathroom like all the time. Like why is water running through me so bad that I'm in the bathroom all the time? And to expect, at least for a woman, to expect me 
to take anything less than five minutes. I'm not saying it can't be done, but in the midst of wanting to make sure that you're washing your hands appropriately, I feel like five minutes, five to eight minutes, honestly. And also, you know, I got to check myself, right? Or, hey, maybe there's a line that happens sometimes, you know? So anyways, off subject, had to get a medical accommodation in order to assist me with going to the restroom so much. And then my doctor was really concerned about how reactive I was to that. So she kept me on 500 milligrams twice a day and added a medication called glipizide. Now, glipizide, it's a tiny pill. It's, I know this sounds weird, but it's one of my favorites to take because it's so small. And I'll, I'll kind of clarify that when I get to my current regimen right now. But five milligrams of glipizide paired with the five milli, or 500 milligrams of metformin twice a day was my new thing. Now, I only needed to take the glipizide. No, I took it at the same frequency. That's right. I took it at the same frequency of twice a day as well. Um, so two pills in the morning, two pills in the afternoon. And that actually did well for me um, for a while. Now, my numbers were still not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but they were definitely consistently lower. Um, and I could tell whenever things were a little weird in my numbers, it was because a, I either took something too late or um, like. I ate so crazy that there's just no way <laughs> that my my the medicine and my body were going to to agree. Um, so, yeah, so I did that that regimen for about two and a half years. Um, and then there were some some points of just like a dry spell. Um, you know, I changed jobs a lot. It feels like a lot rather. Um, but I wasn't always going to my doctor's appointments, at least to get my blood checked. So when you first start out, your doctor's probably going to request that you come in every 90 days to check your blood levels um, for a test called A1C. Uh, and that's a percentage of where, you know, based off of that time span, where on average your levels are falling. Um, the goal is to be under 5%. Um, I think when you get to the uh, five to seven percent range, that's when you're in pre-diabetic and then anything higher than that, full blown. Right. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a later episode where I'm actually going to share with you guys my current numbers and stats and all those things. But moving on, um, fast forward to now, um, I did my metformin up until I changed doctors, partially just because uh, my current doctor's closer. Um, and so she felt like, because my diabetes has technically been uncontrolled for four years now, um, at least on paper, that's when your numbers are still not in range. They say uncontrolled. It's a little harsh. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I feel very um, defeated when I see, hey, it's still uncontrolled. And I'm like, I'm doing the best I can, guys. Like I really am. Uh, okay, maybe not the best that I can, but I'm aware, all right? <laughs> but she decided to put me on an extended release version of metformin. And I really actually appreciated that because what's hard when you are a young professional and you are not only trying to build your career and climb the corporate ladder, but you're socializing and you're traveling. You know, I really was traveling a lot. Like I didn't go on my first 
uh, trip where I had to fly out of somewhere until my 24th birthday, you know? So I was really, um, traveling a lot, doing a lot, trying to have that social life, trying to feel normal, you know, a normal, um, you know, mid to late twenties person, uh, trying to do my thing and, and live my best life. Right. So taking my medication at the same time every day is hard. It's still hard, but this extended release metformin, um, it's actually a, a combination, um, drug called, uh, and it's metformin and saxolgiptin. If I am saying that wrong, I don't give a shit because who makes up these names for these medication guys? Like I, I should have learned Latin. Shame on you, America. I feel like we should all be speaking three languages, but it just sounds like some Grecian Latin something that I just, I just don't know how to pronounce. So anyways, Combiglize is the name of the medication. And guys, these are like horse pills. Like these pills are big. Um, it's, it's really intense, but it's a thousand milligrams uh, per pill. And I'm taking two of those in the evening only, um, with food, um, which is great. I, I really appreciated being able to just do kind of like a one and done. Um, and that helps a lot. Now there is a struggle with things like happy hour or going out late. Um, because Taking metformin and then drinking on top of that, two things. It just undoes all the work that your body is trying to do, right? Not to say that there isn't alcohol that um, doesn't do a whole lot. Like it doesn't spike you up as much. Like I pretty much drink neat, um, meaning I have no mixers, no nothing in it. Usually it's like club soda, um, or something like that. But if it, if it's whiskey, I'm, I'm drinking it straight, um, for the most part, but you know, there, there are certain alcohols that do not spike your blood sugar as much as others. Um, I know tequila is a good one. Vodka is a, you know, this one, I'm just not a, a vodka drinker, but gin, me and gin have been getting, um, reacquainted because at first I didn't like gin. Um, anyways, do your research on that on what alcohols you can take beer. I try to limit wine. Sometimes I try to limit. Um, but, uh, yeah, taking that with metformin equates to remember what we talked about when I first got prescribed metformin and that whole prune juice and Mexican food analogy. Yeah, that, <laughs> and again, it's undoing every, everything that you're, you're trying to do or your body's trying to do. So didn't really make sense. So that has been difficult. Um, even to this day, you know, uh, a lot of times I enjoy a glass of wine in the evening or a nightcap or whatever. So I will say the pandemic has made it easier because I'm not doing, you know, a, a drinking Zoom call every night. Um, if we do do one, I can kind of plan around it. But when we were moving and shaking and out in the world, it was really hard because, you know, as soon as I got off work and I was gracious enough to have a schedule that allowed me to be off in time to even do that. Of course you want to go drink. You know, if someone says, hey, let's hit happy hour. It's, it's, I'm getting the food part in and I'm having some great drinks and cocktails. And it's not to say that I don't ever, you know, not drink a mixed drink. Um, I've had some amazing cocktails, don't get me wrong. But it's hard when you know that the stuff that's in it is very sugary and your body is trying to, you know, 
kind of be off that <laughs> for right now, at least um, until it can use it as fast as it's receiving it. Right. So, yeah, I'm taking Comiglize and most recently um, I've been instructed to add glipizide back into my regimen. And the reason is, is because my numbers were, again, I was in that state like I was the first time that I started metformin where it was helping, but increasing metformin at this point, I'm maxed out. Like there's no, it's, it's wouldn't be safe for me to take more metformin than I am now. And I wouldn't want to, to be quite honest. Um, so I've been re-prescribed glipizide again to take along with uh, the combaglize. And I take two combaglize and then the tiny uh, glipizide pill, which I love the tiny glipizide pill because it just, with everything else, you know, it's so small and it's just so easy to take. And I just wish, I don't understand why some of these, even vitamins, like fish oil vitamins, I'm just kind of like, why, why are you um, so big? <laughs> Can we not? Can we it's no, it's just hard. It's very hard for me to take all these things. So anywho, um, I got Combolize, Glipizide. That's my current regimen. It seems to be working pretty well, honestly. Um, and again, in a, in a later episode, we're going to talk about like the nitty gritty of my numbers and my regimen and things like that. So now that we know that, the big thing about metformin that I feel is beneficial for anybody to know is that outside of the occasional diarrhea, it's very possible that the longer you take metformin, you can have complications. Think of that commercial where, you know, the narrator seems to just scroll on by a long list of things that don't sound fun really, really fast, but everybody's running through fields and, you know, singing the sound of music or something spinning around um, because this medication is so great. Um, but metformin can cause liver failure. And I, I kind of need my liver and not just for like drinking purposes. Like I need that, you know, and it can cause, I want to see even kidney failure too. There's, there's a, a list of things that long-term use of metformin can shut your body down. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? So, so not only could this be the only, you know, quote unquote thing that I'll have to take for the rest of my life, which already I'm already taking two things. So that's already out the window, but the long-term effects could be liver failure. And again, pretty sure kidney failure is in there too. Oh, or high blood pressure. Um, and you know, with high blood pressure comes with what more medication and it's just this thing where the medication has its side effects and depending on how you react to it, you may be looking at medication to help the previous medication and it just turns into this crazy cycle of pill popping every hour of every day just to live. I don't, I don't want to do that, you know, and it makes me have flashes of my eye, um, which fun fact means grandma and Thai, <laughs> um, you know from, uh, you know, my mom's from Chiang Mai, Thailand, and we used to go visit my grandparents because they both lived in, uh, both both sets of grandparents lived in Louisiana, 15 minutes away from each other. But my, my yaya always had like this miniature pharmacy. There's this cabinet covered in prescription bottles. 
and it, it literally took over the entire countertop. And I don't know if anything potentially was my grandpa's, but I rarely saw, I don't think I've ever even seen him take aspirin. You know what I mean? But he, um, you know, he was always taking care of her. So she had this pharmacy in the house. And I do know that one of the things that she was taking medication for was for diabetes. Now, I don't know when my grandmother was diagnosed. I have no clue um, how long she's, she had been a diabetic. Um, she was also on dialysis. I don't know if that was a result of it. Um, but even so, I just can't help but wonder how much of her medication was being taken due to her other medication. And, you know, even though she's not physically with us anymore, I can only imagine how she felt, you know, just just to to do everyday things. And your medicine is tearing your body up because you need one to work with the other and the other one doesn't work with that one. So you need another one to make that one work with that one. It's just insane. Now, don't get me wrong, like, guys, I sincerely have an appreciation for modern medicine, and I know that some things right now need the help of medication, but I feel like I've said this all over, up and down on my Instagram, anywhere that I've, I've had a conversation with somebody, like, I really view the medical industry as people who are supposed to help you heal and then move forward. And to me, modern medicine should be a temporary measure until you are capable of doing things on your own again. To me, medication is like training wheels on a bike. You have them to help you get the muscle memory of riding one. When you have the basics and are able to ride confidently, then the training wheels are removed and off you go. Right? This is even with crutches. If you sprain something or God forbid, even break something, you're in a cast or in crutches until your appendage is healed and you do a little rehab in order to get it functioning again and help it to remember what it's like to move. And then the cast comes off. You don't stay in the cast forever, right? So it's just adding to what I really feel is that there are a lot of things out there that we can manage and prevent ourselves. And we rely too much on someone else to fix our medical problems when it's us that need to take responsibility of our well-being. And it's, it's hard for sure, because quick fixes, it's our motto nowadays, instead of long-term care. I am sure metformin has helped thousands of people get a handle on their blood sugar. But I'm just saying, wouldn't it be great if you had a handle on it? I want metformin to be the training wheels for adjusting your life so that one day it's no longer needed. And I'm saying this just as much to myself as I'm saying it to you, because clearly I'm still taking it, right? But think about it. The money that you spend in doctor's offices and on medication can be used to fund the right foods and health conscious options for your household and across the nation, honestly, if we were able to operate in that mindset. Um, I talk about this doc documentary a lot, um, but I just find this one point 
I just think it's really important. And I know there's so many documentaries out there. I haven't made it to what the health yet. Y'all like, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little anxious because it's, I have several friends who have watched it and have recommended it. And not for the sense that I'm, I'm scared. It's going to make me like not want to eat things or, or, um, you know, for my friend, that was kind of like one of the aspects of going vegan. Um, but I think, I think it's one of those things where I'm really trying to get myself physically and mentally prepared for revealing more of the craziness that goes on in our food and medical industry. And I just kind of want to get one aspect down. You know, I don't want, I don't want to run to the, to the very end, (laughs) if you will, before, um, I've kind of built up my tough skin for it. Um, but, um, it is still on, on my list of, of things to watch. Um, but like I've watched like fat, sick and nearly dead. Um, and I, I did try to do the juicing thing, but I was not well equipped for that. Um, I just didn't have the funds to buy that much vegetables to, uh, consume that. Maybe I'll give that another shot. I don't know. Anyways, (laughs) but essentially this one documentary on Netflix called the magic pill, um, it highlights people eating, uh, a low carb, um, I want to say even keto plan before it really kind of blew up um, and how a lot of people were able to reverse a lot of symptoms, even diseases, just by limiting as much sugar intake as possible. And that in itself says a lot. I think we forget how much sugar is in everything. Like if I say carb, I'm also saying sugar. And don't get me wrong, complex carbs do add a different layer to it. Um, but those artificial and processed carbs, it, it just means sugar, y'all. That, that's all that it means. So when you're looking at a label, um, which we'll go into the deeper nutrition stuff in season two, but if you're looking at a label and you see carbs and then you see sugar added together, it's the same. Anywho, um, watch The Magic Pill lots of great stories about families and people eating low carb, low sugar. Um, it's done a lot of good for them. And so sorry if you've heard this story before, but I will not stop talking about it because there is a doctor on there who talked about his days working in like one of those chain clinics. Um, and of course he saw so many patients a day and the appointments are like 20 minutes long. And he mentions how For medical school, a lot of doctors only spend about 24 hours total on nutrition training. And I mean, like in the entirety of their schooling, like the years and years that doctors spend in school and in residency, they've only spent 24 hours on nutrition. And so the same doctor uh, talks about how he ended up quitting and starting his own private practice where food is the first prescription or is deeply a part of their treatment plan. And to me, that says we have more control over our recovery than a lot of places care to mention. And even all the way up to, you know, the doctors and nurses that assist us, like sometimes their own environments don't even give them the ability to really treat people. And I think that's why people really cling to Eastern medicine, because Eastern medicine really tries to get to the root of something. And you know, your shamans, your witch doctors, you know, your, your, um, wise men or women or whatever, you know, the names that they had, 
you see it in TV all the time. And I feel like there's some truth to it where like they talk about it's more than just treating this one thing. Like there's deeper stuff going on within your being and in your soul that need to be addressed too. And I feel like modern or Western medicine has taken Eastern medicine principles, but just deformed it so much to where it's like this pill should be able to solve all your problems um, versus really challenging people's mindsets and using long-term treatment plans in order to do something. If my doctor came in here and tossed out everything in my fridge and pantry um, that didn't serve me, I'm pretty sure I'd be, you know, more inclined to, to do that, to eat properly. Um, and I, and I do, I, I try my best not to keep a bunch of stuff that, um, is going to mess with me, you know, out of, out of my kitchen for that very reason. Um, and there's a you know bunch of other ways to do that, but anyways, all that to say, we have a lot more control over how our bodies are going to continue to serve us. And if we don't take the time to really understand what we're putting in us and come up with a plan on how we can have our bodies running efficiently without all of the artificial stuff, you know, it's definitely hard to come out of this silent killer because remember, you don't really feel a whole lot. Um, So this is why we have to be really diligent about how we're treating ourselves and what we're putting into ourselves. Um... So in a later episode, I really want to share um, my numbers and kind of like the conversations that I have with my doctor on what I can do to come off of my medication, um, you know, what I need to do to get my numbers in a better place for her to feel confident that I'm able to come off of this. So um, until then, I hope to Catch you guys another episode uh, and we'll catch up again soon. Hey guys, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Again, I just wanted to kind of share with you guys the basics. This is something that you will kind of go through with your doctor as well, as far as learning about the medication that you're being prescribed, but I really hope that this was helpful to somebody. And of course, if you have questions or just want to talk about your experiences with metformin, you know, uh, drop a comment, um, in the show notes, um, hit me up on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you come across this, like, I'd love to know your experiences and what you take or, you know, what's kind of your regimen. Um, and let me know how you feel. Uh, it's, it's good to know kind of what everyone's experiences are. Uh, If you have a quick moment of your time, of course, I would love it if you would head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, and leave a nice little review. It helps me to understand what is working, what's not working, as well as help people find us. You know, again, I started this whole thing because I felt like there was not a lot of our peers that we were able to connect with and know that there are other young adult professionals who are struggling with type 2 diabetes and trying to find a way to have a more holistic approach with it. So um, the more you rate, the better it works out for all of us, because then we can find those who are like-minded individuals and are looking to make a change in their life too. So at Healing in Hindsight on Instagram, um, facebook.com forward slash Healing in Hindsight, 
uh, Healing in Hindsight on YouTube. If you don't have Spotify, iTunes, any of those paid stuff, don't worry. I don't want to make you pay for it yet. Yet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but you can also catch me on YouTube. I might even start throwing up some videos. Who knows? Um, and of course, as always, if you want to take your time um, or just connect with me, uh, you can also head over to healinginhindsight.com and you can catch the episodes there along with full show notes and uh, see what I'm up to. Thank you guys again, as always, and I hope you have a great rest of your day, week, weekend, wherever you're at when you hear this episode. Take care.